Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Women Who Rock with Success, a digital media source for professional and entrepreneurial women. Did you know that we can be found on Google Play, Roku TV, Amazon Fire TV, Sam's Broadcasting, Autocast, and more? Women Who Rock with Success airs live each Tuesday at 9 a.m. Central Time, followed by our latest brand, Women Who Rock Investigates. We handpick professional women in many areas who can provide credible information in their fields to build your business and lifestyle. To learn more about us, just visit our website at www.womenwhorockwithsuccess.com. Hey, good morning and welcome to the show. This is your host, Ms. Diane Winbush, and thank you for tuning in with us on today. Um, we want to make a couple of announcements right quick. Just uh, uh, keep in mind of the those that um, that um, that are going through in the state of Texas and Oklahoma. Uh, we want to be mindful of that as well as we want to also be mindful. Um, you know, of those that were lost of the 500,000 with the coronavirus uh, with this past year. So um, just be mindful of that. And, of course, you can go to our website for our tools and resources. Today we have an exciting guest that is on the show, and she is an author and publisher, and she is none other than Jessica Russell, and she's going to give us a little bit about her, and then she's going to take us into a little bit more about her book and as to what she does. So good morning, Jessica, and welcome to Women Who Rock With Success. Good morning, and thanks for having me. I'm excited. Okay, great. So tell us a little bit about you as to how you got started um, as an author and what was your passion that kind of drove you into writing books and the genre that you write for. Well, I've been a writer for, oh my goodness, I guess about 15 years now, and I specialize in travel. I'm a professional web content writer, but I guess like every writer, you know, the big thing is is a book, you know, because we all have, even when we write for a living, it's our day job, so to speak, you know, we all, Mm -hmm. I guess a novel is, is just that creative part of us that wants to come out, you know, and I always loved um, historical fiction, but I noticed a trend with it where it kind of went, I don't know, a little bit more shallow than I think that genre deserves. And mm-hmm. how I kind of felt like all the books started to sound the same, like all the heroines seemed the same, all the male leading characters mm-hmm. seemed the same, and it kind of veered off into more of a kind of like a lot of graphic sex and profanity and violence. And I thought, you know, there's people out there who just okay. want a really good story with meat on the bones and rich in history, where you kind of mm-hmm. just really get into the characters' heads who lived for instance, in my book in 1600 England, you know, during a civil war, you know, and mm-hmm. I guess that's what inspired me to write in that genre to see if there was still a market for, you know, that type of a story instead of kind of the cookie cutter ones that you've kind of seen over the last decade or two. And much to my surprise, there's definitely people out there, you know, that, um, if you look at how, if, you know, like how well the book is doing, I sit there and think, okay, somebody still wants this kind of a novel. So that was a wonderful mm-hmm. feeling. Okay, okay, great. You know, um, 
one of my uh, double duos in mystery is Mary Higgins Clark and her daughter. They have the most us, the the most uh, you know mystery books that will draw you in because I think it's very important yes. that when a person is a writer that you draw your audience in through the first paragraph. I think that if you don't get them through the first paragraph or the first page, then they're going to put the book down. So uh, my next question to you is, were there any mentors that you um, desired to follow um, in regards to the reason why you picked the mystery genre? Just like I stated, mine was, uh, you know, I've, I have, I'm not a, a mystery writer or anything like that, but I have written just a couple of books, but not in that genre. But the ones that I like to read are from the, the Mary Higgins Clark Library. So were there any one uh, any um, fictional or non-fictional authors that inspired you? Yes, there were. Well, first of all, I love those authors you mentioned, too. I, I probably have read <laughs> every book of Mary Higgins Clark uh, since I was... I don't want to say how young this is going to date me, though. <laughs> but um, I do, I do love her books and and her daughter's books definitely. I remember reading like "I'll Be Seeing You" and uh, what was the one, "The Last Dance." But yeah, I, I'm with you there. I love those books. But I also loved um, the old Victoria Holt books that were very popular in the '70s mm-hmm. and '80s. And I have probably every book she wrote under any pen name that she used because I love the way that mm-hmm. she did a romance story and a mystery like together and that's kind of what I did in mine so I I hate when people just call it a romance novel because I know what they picture in their heads when they say romance novel Mm -hmm. you know and it's so much more Mm -hmm. than that but she was probably a big inspiration and there was also a mystery author named Phyllis A. Whitney that I read when I was growing up and I loved her books that just you know you didn't know who it was till the last page and that you know I love mysteries like that but those are definitely inspirational mm-hmm. to me. And, you know, then I read modern, you know, modern mysteries. And, and I'm kind of a reader who reads everything. I just reread Rebecca the other the other day. We had a nice new copy of that at our local library. Okay. And, uh, but, yeah, those, you know, where they put the mystery and the romance kind of together instead of just, mm-hmm. you know, kind of fluffy stuff. Those are definitely mm-hmm. my, my inspirations. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, absolutely, because uh, – she uh, one of one of uh, I think the mother um, kind of well, on some of her books she it, it, it's kind of mystery and it's kind of uh, suspense and then she'll put a little romance in there as well so that's what I kind of like about her she kind of mixes the genres in there together which brings me to the next question we want to uh, kind of dive into this hot winter sun. And that is a very, very uh, great um, topic that um, you chose, which you're the author of that book. So take us a little bit into the story plot of that. Well, it starts out, of course, 1600s England. They're living in Cornwall, and the English Civil War is between King Charles and then the parliamentarians, who are mostly Puritan. And they were very kind of an extreme religious group where, you know, it was a sin to smile on a Sunday kind of thing. And Catherine is mm-hmm. the leading lady, and she grows up penniless in her father's blacksmith shop, and he's a staunch Puritan, so he doesn't want her to laugh, or he's even angry because she's beautiful, because that must be from the devil, you know. It's that, and that really wasn't <laughs> far off the mark of how they behaved back then. Mm-hmm. The Puritans were really was just a crazy um, group of people. And she falls in love with a wealthy estate owner, and much to everyone's shock, they get married. So... 
you know, that the story kind of opens with that. And then, oh, what's the family going to think? Are they going to reject her? And there's all kinds of little twists and surprising turns in that. Um, Robert's father actually ends up being her greatest champion, and everyone expected him to be infuriated, you know, that he would marry a mm-hmm. penniless girl instead of, you know, like marry someone with a big dowry and all that. That was commonplace back then. And then tragically, mm-hmm. Robert is murdered early on in the book. And the rest of it is kind of like this, a little bit of a war between Catherine and Robert's twin, Julian, because they had conflict right from the beginning. But they actually, at the end of the book, she ends up marrying him. So it kind of goes from tragic and heartbreaking to kind of love triumphs again sort of thing. And in the end, they find they're kind of solving Robert's murder together. And it's, of course, someone that they trusted and would have never thought would do that and it was done for very mm-hmm. you know crazy motives that nobody would have probably mm-hmm. ever suspected but you know I tried to make it very fast moving where there's no filler there's no that proverbial 50 pages in the middle that lag you know it just kind of keeps okay. going from one thing to another hopefully in a fast okay. paced okay. exciting way <laughs> Okay, okay, great. Because when I looked at the cover, you know, the first thing that jumped out at me was the thorn birds. I don't know if you were familiar with that uh, novel, um, and it was a mini series that played out on television about the priest and the he fell in love with this young girl or what have you and things. But that's what kind of, kind of, uh, kind of jumped out at me and things. I was like, oh, this looks like a little romance here. So, what are the main takeaways that you would like for your readers to be able to grasp? Uh, from your book, even from the topic and the, as also the illustration, because a lot of times, you know, they say a picture says a thousand words or tells a thousand words, and it is true. So in regards to that, from your title as well as your artwork, what is it that you want the reader to be able to grasp um, as a takeaway from your um, your release? Still there, Jessica? Can you hear me? I'm sorry. Did we lose each other there? Okay. Okay. Oh, I'm sorry. I don't know what happened there. I I definitely heard your question, though. I was starting to answer, and then I realized we had a little disconnect there. But, uh, yeah, like the title, of course, Hot Winter Sun is unusual because the winter sun isn't typically hot. But I kind of did that to depict (laughs) the whole kind of basis of the book is like nothing is ever what it seems so you know how can the winter sun be hot um why would this person do this why would the other person say that and it's kind of like a almost like a character study where you kind of get inside the people's heads and understand what made them act that way and are were they really that type of a person or was that just from anger or grief or nervousness you know because no one is quite exactly what they seem as as the book goes on but the cover, we worked really mm-hmm. hard on the cover because I, I asked the artist, I said, please don't give me a Chippendale dancer. You know, give me an Englishman. I want it to be <laughs> period correct. I don't want it to look like a cheesy romance, you know. And that's kind of why, mm-hmm. you know, on the cover she's kind of looking behind, you know, putting her finger up like, oh, somebody's coming, sh-, you know, like that kind of thing. Because I want it to really depict the mystery and let people know this is not, you know, what they call a bonus ripper, so to speak, you know. Mm-hmm. So I hope that that, mm-hmm. you know, that came across that way. But I was very happy with how that turned out. They did a good job with the with the cover and the text and everything. 
Okay, 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 great. So um, as a publisher, uh, um, is it more important as to, um, in your terms, as a, as a writer and a publisher, as to the platforms that an author, when, once they publishes uh, their content, um, as to what platforms they publish and submit their work to? So that's another question that I would uh, like to interject in there as well. Like as far as choosing a publisher and well, that's for is like okay. So some individuals they do self-publishing. Some authors they 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 want to um, go out on their own. Some individuals they may use uh, you know uh, Goodreads and may put their 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 um, books there. Some individuals may um, share their uh, work on Amazon. Some of them share it on. Uh, Barnes and Nobles, uh, Nook Press. Oh, or what I have understand. You. Yeah, so, like, yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. I would definitely recommend getting with a publisher that will get you on all the sites because I, that was really important to me. I didn't just want to be on Amazon, even though that is a big one. Obviously, you want to be on Amazon. That's kind of a, you know, a given. But uh, mine is on uh, Barnes and Noble, Kobo. You can get it through Nook. It's on um, Scribd, uh, Google Books, Apple iBooks. And I think that's really important to get because you never know. I mean, some people, I just met someone the other day. She said, oh, I'm a Nook girl. She never goes on Amazon. You know, she buys, mm-hmm. Nook is like the Kindle of Barnes & Noble. Uh, you know, so mm-hmm. you just never know, like, where people are. And especially younger people, they have a tendency to go to Google Play and iBooks. And, you know, I just think it's important to get as diversified as you possibly can, especially when you're an unknown author, because you know the uphill battle that is. And it's, it, it is going to be for a long time once you're published. You know, and I think that helped me a lot because sales were good. And when I look at the reports, yeah, it's mostly Kindle and Amazon, but it never ceases to surprise me how many sales have come from Barnes & Noble and these other even smaller, you know, um, uh, merchants, retailers, I guess is the word. So, yeah, I would definitely mm-hmm. recommend that writers do that as much as possible. And Goodreads okay. is important, too, getting a, a presence on Goodreads. I think that's going to be even more important mm-hmm. as the years go on. Okay, okay, great. So we're going to talk a little bit about setting and story plot. And so in regards to that, you know, as a journalist myself, um, uh, I have learned some things which I have not reached out, uh, I have not started it or what have you, but um, I've gotten some pointers and some tips, and I think um, sometimes a journalist can work uh, the same applicable way as a author, uh, both of them write, both of them write content. So how is it important? So take, for instance, like your setting. Your setting is in the times of an English, of the English Civil War. And so some uh, writers will um, will give um, feedback to journalists and other authors as to going to the actual place, going, taking pictures, going, filming the location, going to the location to see, you know, because a lot of times individuals will start out, they'll say the, 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 the double duo, Mary Higgins Clark and her daughter, it was on a, on a, a warm um, um, afternoon or what have you. How important do you feel that it is for a writer or, or a journalist to be able to be at the actual scene to be able to grasp that impact for the readers. So take, for instance, we're going to use an ex- another example, Dateline. Dateline was a magazine, and, um, and I think this is where I got the tips and pointers from as to um, 
they will go in and they'll start doing photo shoots before they begin to tell their story. So, um, and and this is uh, something very very interesting. How yours started out with the English Civil War. Now I know that you can't. Uh, travel back in time with that because that's something that is already, you know, going uh, beyond. So how important is that something that you have ever um, uh, took upon yourself to do as to when you're writing? Do you actually travel to certain locations in order to? Yeah, I mean, I think whenever possible you should be able to go to the actual locations. I do that a lot, of course, with my quote-unquote day job, you know, because it's travel. So mm-hmm. a lot of the clients definitely want you in right there in the spot to do the article. I wish I could have traveled to Cornwall for this novel, but um, it it probably would have been good. But since it was set so long ago, you know, I don't know if it – you know, it would have been, I would have liked to do it, but I don't know since it was in the middle of the Civil War and it was centuries ago. Mm-hmm. Probably I, I, I did okay just doing the research, you know, uh, you know, okay. like just through, I, don't know, I must have read books about three inches thick to get all the history right. But yeah, I would recommend anytime <laughs> you can actually go do it because you're definitely getting the people, you know, right in where they're feeling that, you know, and that's what I tried to do with the history. I I went over every single point of the history, right down to like what plants grew in what time in Cornwall and what the topography was like. Mm -hmm. And I didn't want anybody to be able to say, oh, that's ridiculous. They didn't use that expression in the 1600s or that flower didn't grow in Cornwall back then. (laughs) You know, I tried to make it so specific so that people felt like they were right there, Mm -hmm. you know, in that town and in that area. But, yeah, that's definitely important. Whenever you can do that, that's that's a big plus for any kind of writing. Absolutely, absolutely. Because when I saw the Civil War, I'm like, wait. I said, now, this is a romance, and then we have other intriguing um, settings that goes uh, with the book as well. You know, it's romance, and then you have some some down points where, you know, someone is murdered and what have you, and then you put your mind back in the effects of it, that it was it, this occurred and happened in the Civil War times. And so, you know, a book can be able to take you wherever you want to be able to go. And so that's what makes it exactly. so intriguing and exciting. It does. It makes it so. Are there any other future genres that you would be um, writing for in the future, or are you just going to stick with mystery and romance? Well, I'm working on a sequel to this book, which is going to center around Catherine's daughter. She's the heroine in Hot Winter Sun, and this is going to center around Julia, who's her daughter. Uh, and who knows? I mean, I, I wouldn't leave anything off the table because I do read so many different genres. I could definitely see myself writing in a different one. But um, I want to definitely finish this uh, sequel first. But then sky's the limit. I would definitely say that's that's not... Not something I wouldn't consider because I know it is. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. So, what are some of the long-term goals that you would like to achieve as a writer, um, um, ghost writer, or what have you? What are some of the long-term goals that you would um, like to achieve um, in in your journey as, well, as a novelist? I I I love my my day job. I love travel writing, so I can't really see ever not doing that but I would also love to you know have more recognition as an actual novelist you know because that's something that 
you know, I wanted really my whole life and, you know, you got to earn a living and it's like, oh, I'll get to it, I'll get to it. And then finally I thought, you know, the time is now. It's time to just do this, you know. So I would love to see mm-hmm. the momentum keep going. It's been doing well and I've been getting great reviews and I just, I would love to see that just keep going and maybe a year from now have a couple hundred reviews on Amazon and have the next book out. But I would love to continue writing novels and if that ever takes over where I can make a living at that and do the other job part-time, that's okay too. You know, any combination of <laughs> of those two, you know, careers is fine with me as long as I'm writing. <laughs> okay, perfect, perfect, perfect. So uh, what's the last question that we're going to ask? Um, we wanted uh, for you to be able to share with the listeners and the audience as to how they can be able to connect with you. Um, and you can be able to share with them as to where to be able to find your products, resources, and um, any upcoming um, uh, uh, novels that you may be writing or what have you, or um, anything that you would, other other publications that you have written, you can be able to share that at this time with the audience. Okay, well, I do have my own uh, travel blog. It's called Your Endless Holiday, just yourendlessholiday.com. And I can be found on Facebook. I have an author uh, page on Facebook that's Jessica Russell. But I also have one that I'm really trying to get more um, traffic to, and it's called A Good Read For You. And it's A Good Read For You at Hot Winter Sun on Facebook. And then on mm-hmm. Twitter, my handle is Meliora13. It's M-E-L-L-Y-O-R-A-13. And that you'll see if you do at Meliora13, it comes up Jessica Russell. That's me. And uh, I guess okay. that's, well, I'm, yeah, I guess that's mainly it for social is the your endless holiday and that's travel of course <laughs> and yeah okay. I would um, love to have more followers and, and more visitors and you can also email me at jessicarussell at gmx.com that's a little bit different um, ending there gmx.com but it's simple jessicarussell at gmx.com if you want to email me okay okay great and we thank you so much for being our guest on Women Who Rock With Success we love to learn um, new things about what um, society and what the public sector is doing. And so I think this is very, very great because uh, when it comes to writing books, individuals can be able to uh, relax. And also it's therapeutic as well for readers when they want to just take their minds off of something of the cares of the world that can be able to relate to a good novel such as yours. So. You all can be able to follow Jessica on the platforms that she has already given and as well as to be able to follow us for any upcoming um, um, events. You can go to our website, and we have another guest that's coming up at 10 o'clock. So come right back with us and join us on Women Who Rock With Success. Thank you, Jessica, for being with us today. Thank you so much. I was honored to be here.